The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Being on our show today, it's always a pleasure um, to spend time with you, whether you are actively listening now as, as it is live on the air or whether you are tuning in at some other time. We're very grateful for our listenership. We're very grateful that you promote our show and, and share it with your friends. The intentional spirit, the, the whole concept is to bring in incredible people uh, that are not here to replace being human, but showing us how to be human better. And an intentional spirit is an individual that has, it's not about what's going on outside of your life. It's what you are developing on the inside of your life. And so in that, in that space, uh, I'm delighted today to introduce you to a couple of incredible people uh, that bring forth um, amazing wisdom of how we can be part of this earth right now. As one of their endorsements says, it is truly a 911 call right now. And basically as a planet, in many ways, that's where we are. So Carol and Penelope, welcome to our show today. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. It's my pleasure. I'm uh, I'm delighted that that you are here, and of course, anyone that Dia Chandra Ray uh, loves is just it's just automatic, right? <laughs> it's just oh automatic. yeah, she's a gem. We just shout out to her and say thank you for being in our hearts. That's that's for sure. Um, so, at whatever direction either one of you want to go, um, if you could walk us through a journey of of how you became intentional in, in the work that you're doing uh, in the world. You have plenty of time to share your stories, but to me, the storytelling part of it is one of the most important, not only for people to understand you and your work, but to instill within others the possibility of they will be on a radio show sharing their own story. Yes, of course. Well, Carol will um, share her story, and perhaps I'll baton it to her and start by filling you in a little. This is Penelope. And I started off, gosh, going back many years ago. I was on television with ABC News. I had a segment with them in the morning for five years called Pop News with Penelope. And on that show, the... The concept was talking about, you know, celebrity dish and what's going on in the world of entertainment and all of these things. 
So simultaneously, I also, like everyone, had my own personal journey that that brought me there. And what was in my heart was to talk about spirituality and things that are metaphysical and the journey that I had as a runaway teenager at 15 years old and the life struggles that I had that also formed who I am and brought me to that place. So then those years later, when I was on television, I started merging both of these worlds together. I was writing books behind the scenes. And while I was on television, I was starting to more and more incorporate into my on-air expertise. And what I was bringing on air, I was incorporating more and more of the, you know, the stories, the hidden lessons, the empowerment of people, the spiritual journeys, and trying to always, you know, mold that into that, which was quite a project, actually, for my producers who very much wanted to stay on topic with just what was going on with celebrities. So I then became an expert for other shows, national shows. I've been on Dr. Phil. I've been on international shows as an expert in my field in the self-help genre, which is what I um, eventually was able to step into fully. So I left behind the career um, doing just on-camera work in that way and started writing books. So my first book is The Magic of Viral Energy, and it is a book about contagious energy and social interactions and the environments around us. And from there, I founded the Viral Energy Institute, for personal, interpersonal, and planetary well-being. And now it has come full circle, and I am again on television as an expert, but doing what I really want to do, which is talking about these things of personal and interpersonal and planetary importance. And I did take the viral energy message to a planetary level. Um, The first book was dealing with the personal connections and how understanding contagious energy has implication and impacts on our own life. And my second book was slated to be titled Do Unto Earth, and that was taking the message of this contagious energy to a planetary scale and what are those impacts. And while I was in that process, I met Carol, Carol Serene Borgens, who is a medium and channeler. And I had gone to Carol for a couple of spirit channeling sessions talking about just looking for wisdom for this next book, Do Unto Earth, looking for wisdom for the Viral Energy Institute and what spirit might have to say in terms of, you know, affirmation of that direction and those journeys and what I needed to do next and all of the rest of it. So she and I knew each other. Well, one day I received communication from Carol saying that the spirit energy in which she channeled, who is called PAX, P-A-X, wished to offer wisdom and support to what I was doing with the Viral Energy Institute. So that's how we started. That was more than a year ago, but a very short period of time to have now produced together 12 books. So Carol and I met in person out in British Columbia where she lives. I'm in Southern Florida. And we had just this fantastic in-person experience and a lovely coffee and when I was I was actually on book tour for another book and then when three weeks later I returned home to Florida after that book tour the very next day Carol and I began where I sent her 10 questions for spirit regarding our environmental crisis and all of the questions that I had thought would be included in this book do unto earth 
and what I was working on at the Viral Energy Institute. And those 10 questions were channeled by Carol, answers returned by PACS. And then after doing this for a very short period of time, it could have been a few days or a week, we were both sort of saying, you know what, this actually looks like a book. And so we asked PACS, is this the book that I was intending to write titled Do Unto Earth? And of course the answer came back, yes. And so here we are today. Do Unto Earth is our main event. It's a book that's just gorgeous in every way. And we can say that with such pride. It's actually hard to be braggadocious on your own work, but because this is channeled from spirit, it's a little bit easier to say that it is a gorgeous book. It reads like a movie. It's really exciting and has so much information and wisdom for the population of planet Earth in healing our environmental crisis, just a plethora of solutions, but also really dives deep into long-standing human curiosities. It's just so much fun. So with that, I will baton it to Carol, and she can tell you about her career background. I would just like to add a couple of things to that, if I may, that, um, you know, there's this whole thing in our, our culture about, you know, bragging and, you know, uh, being full of ourselves and all that. But for me, the distinction is there's a difference between bragging rights and birthing rights, you know? <laughs> Mother has no difficulty when somebody's going on and on about her child. You know, she doesn't say, well, I, I shouldn't really boast about that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so oh, that's I, good. I, I like that. It's phenomenal what the two of you have accomplished along with the PAX wisdom, the PAX wisdom. And in that, uh, you have birthing rights for that. But the other part that I thought I heard you say, but I just wanted to check in with that and make sure I heard you correctly. Did when did you say the two of you met? How long ago was it? <laughs> it's so it's so interesting, Temple, but we only met in 2019. We had known each other through long-distance channeling sessions that Carol and Pax did for, for me. And then we came together in 2019 to write these books. So in that period of time, we wrote Do Unto Earth, which is, you know, a sizable, beautiful book. And that in and of itself would take most writing teams years to produce. Yeah. Well, in the middle of writing Do Unto Earth, PACS interrupted our regular writing, we like to say, to bring us information about coronavirus because that's what was going on in the world. And so we also published two small books, Spirit Wisdom for Coronavirus, all kinds of really interesting information. And then back to Do Unto Earth. And then since Do Unto Earth, our publisher actually also released this book as eight mini books. So while it is this, you know, one big book, which contains, you know, everything you ever wanted to know about Earth and space and mysteries of times past and aliens, and you can just everything is in there. In, in addition to that, it's just, it's um, been broken up into these eight different sections. So those were published as separate mini books and each encapsulates a different topic. So altogether, we have, what is that, eight, uh, 11, actually, 11 books to date. Wow. That, I mean, that, I heard that, and I went, whoa, I need to drink some water. <laughs> <laughs> so I've authored a book, and I know, I know, I know, I know what that entails and all those processes. So, so anyway, without, without waiting an, another moment, uh, Carol. Um, tell us about 
about you and your journey and how all this has come into play from your from your perspective. Oh, certainly. Thank you. Well, I'd like to say that I came into this life as uh, an old soul and as a spiritual being having a human experience. And in so doing, uh, I found myself uh, searching in all different directions um, and always in a hurry uh, to learn things in this lifetime, to experience all that I could. Uh, too many careers to even mention. Uh, started out as a nurse and uh, went in many dir- directions after that. But always there was an inner knowing that there was more depth to this lifetime than I was seeing or experiencing. And spirit was calling me always through my childhood, my teenage years. I just wasn't hearing. I wasn't responding. I look back now, and I see the signs that were there, but I wasn't. Uh, I was in too much of a hurry to experience everything that was going on. Life was good, great upbringing, great parents, um, quite religious. So while I didn't agree with what I was hearing in the church, I uh, had to hold my tongue about that. Um, it would not have been good to, it would have been offensive to my, my parents um, to speak up about my disagreements. So I just kept it to myself and began my own searching, and that took me into listening more to what I was hearing within myself rather than outwardly. And ultimately, it led to the interest in and being exposed to many areas of the metaphysical, and I became just a rabid student of everything metaphysical with a particular interest early on in reincarnation and reading everything Edgar Casey ever wrote and uh, practicing that with people and practicing and learning many other um, aspects of spirituality. And I was drawn towards channeling. Didn't know why, but I was drawn to it and particularly had an interest in automatic writing. Now, that, it, that remained an interest because, again, life got in the way and it didn't come together for me until later in life uh, when I was beginning to channel. And in doing so one evening, as I was writing, it was an automatic writing form of channeling, <clears throat> I received a very, very different form of energy that came through me. Everything was different. I had just been channeling spirits that were looking for communication of any kind, didn't matter what. Um, And suddenly there was a vast difference when I was seeing that the pen energy, my arm, my writing hand, was very differently controlled. And I was introduced to PAX at that time. And in essence... What he wanted was to introduce himself to me, say that he had as spirit much information and guidance to share with 
our people at this time and asked if I would consider being his channel specifically for the purpose of collecting his wisdom and his guidance into book form and getting it out to the world. Well, I, I found that to be intimidating, and I understood the responsibility involved, so asked if I could have some time to think about it. So I did, and it took a week, maybe two, I'm not sure, <clears throat> and I determined that this was meant to be for me, and to accept the responsibility would be the thing to do. So I did agree. Uh, I began channeling the Pax Wisdom. I did not have, at the time, any way to put it into book form, but I trusted in myself and spirit that it would come one day. So I, I channeled and continued the writing and put everything into uh, file folders for for later um, accessing. And sure enough, I just continued to trust in myself and build the uh, ability. And um, much, much later, along came Penelope. And we um, collaborated, and through Penelope uh, came the publisher, and the rest is history. Here we are, and I can I can say that Pax is very very pleased that we're able to share this wisdom with the world. Um, and I would like your listeners to know, for those people out there that feel that they have the gifts and talents and ability to access spirit and and channel in any form or their own intuitive abilities, never give up. Trust in yourself, and uh, it, it will it will become reality as it did for me. So that would be my story. Oh, that's a beautiful story and very and, and, and rich story indeed. And it's just uh, for me, it's just bringing up not not that I'm needing to compare uh, the two types of works, but it, it's it's like the whole premise of how the Course in Miracles you know came about of just uh, sitting there and and all of a sudden then information starts coming in and data and um, and so it's this is ongoing, right? It's, it's Yes, we are going to, in the uh, second segment of our show, we're going to talk about, you know, your your Amazon, your number one new release bestseller about, you know, do unto earth. But but that being said, um, is this just ongoing writing that you're finding that is coming through PAX? Uh, is it all the time? Um, is it, does it turn off, turn on? You know what I mean? It's, it's an ongoing uh, evolution of more for us. I and... channel daily. Okay. Yes, I channel every day. And um, Pax is always there and always positive. There's only ever positive energy and uh, guidance that comes from Pax. And it's all very conversational. I ask and he responds and uh, it's a beautiful thing to have this connection. But yes, it's very much ongoing. There's much more to come from PAX uh, for mankind and, and we will ensure uh, that that wisdom does come through and uh, get put into book form and 
and another um, another volume to come. Well, Penelope, I know you're ready to say something. I can, I'm intuitive too, and I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just um, happy to be with you, Temple. I know that we touched base many months ago when um, we were, actually, I'm not even sure if this book was quite published at that time. So we've been looking forward to, to chatting with you, and really we'll just take this conversation anywhere you want to go. Um, I can say that. I do want to share how Pax introduced himself because I think it's very powerful for for everyone to know who we're talking about here. Um, when I first came on board as a journalist, I asked a lot of questions. And I know that Carol understands who Pax is because Carol has had a relationship, if you will, with Pax for, for decades. And so when I came on board to write these books, my job is to ask the questions and then Carol channels and the answers come back from, from PAX, of course. And in that process, one of my very first questions is I wanted to know who exactly I was talking to. So I knew that PAX was a spirit energy in the spirit world, but I didn't know really what that meant. And now that we've taken this to the next level that we were working together, I wanted to know more of that. So I asked you know, were you once, did you once walk the earth? And uh, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, is this, you know, Jesus? Is this the spirit of Jesus? Like, who is this, this energy, this spirit energy? And Pax says, no, we've never walked the earth. And so I continued to dig into as to who was Pax. And I said, you know, I'm going to ask you just specifically, who are you exactly? And Pax says, and this is a direct quote, we are one with the universe, not the universe alone. We are the divine universe, yes, and the God being and the greater wisdom, that which knows and supports all and is healing, non-judgmental, and tolerant, all-seeing, all-knowing, and peace, end quote. Powerful. That gave me chills everywhere. <laughs> wow. That is very, very powerful. And 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 yep. so that and so uh, with Pax being source, are we talking non-gender source? Of course, just like in, in unity, our our real theology is our of what we hold to is that God is a principle, not a person. Are we talking about the same kind of essence and energy in that way? Oh, of course. So Pax, you know, when the name Pax was chosen, it was actually through our process of writing, and we needed a moniker. So the, you know, the long introduction of we are one with the universe, the God being this is a very long thing to have a conversation. So I said, can, can we have a moniker? Can I have a moniker to call you in our books? And he said Pax, and I'm going to get to the he part in a minute, but he said Pax, and you can think of that as spirit messenger of peace. So you know, Pax is not a male or a female. Pax is universal energy, um, love energy, and there's no gender whatsoever. And the the reference to he, Carol will speak to this, but is simply her way of the way she has called this spirit entity for all these years. And that is all. Carol, would you like to speak further yeah, so to the... 
That's correct. It's just my way of of addressing and conversing with Pax as as a he. Um, it's a collective consciousness, and there is no gender involved. Um, but it's it's me. It's my connection with Pax, and it's simply how I refer uh, to this divine energy. glad you found us. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and I'm so glad you're here, and I'm confident that you are just like I am, kind of sitting, leaning forward, a little bit on the edge of your seat, kind of just mesmerized by this conversation we're having today with Carol and Penelope and the source of, and the wisdom of PAX. And you can go to their website, PAX, P-A-X-Wisdom.com, and find out, and I guarantee you want to order this book, Do Unto Earth, It's Not Too Late. And it's, it's a conversation where so many of us are now in understanding the the definite now is the time, now is the moment, uh, no no waiting and delay. So, so Carol and Penelope, welcome back. And I'm looking forward to you sharing about uh, some of the wisdom of the book. Thank you. Well, thank you for having us. We just have so much um, information to share with you. If you had a particular place that you wanted to start, please jump in. But I could just um, walk you through some of the highlights, some of our you know, favorite wisdom from PAX, if you like. Oh, yeah, please do. Take the floor and run with it. <laughs> sure, sure. So, you know, the idea was this is, this is a book about environmental healing. And it also turns out is it is a book about many of the mysteries of earth and space and also a book about unity amongst our people. So we asked for a lot of my questions are in, you know, asking questions for our environment. So one of the things is that we have this massive plastic problem on planet earth and plastic, which a lot of people don't realize how many things um, plastic is really made out of, so many things are made out of plastic. Our carpets are plastic. A lot of our clothes are plastic. The polyester clothing is just plastic. Sheets, those, you know, nice silky sheets these days, these things are just all plastic. The reason why our towels don't absorb water these days is because they're made out of plastic. So unless you're going out of your way to buy, you know, cotton towels and cotton sheets, and there are other wonderful clothing, bamboo, things like that. A lot of our products are made out of plastic, and plastic can't return to the earth. So this is just such a huge problem, more so than, than we have any idea or consciousness about. So Pax gives us the solution to plastic in the book Do Unto Earth. So he says that everything that we're currently making out of plastic, out of crude oil, which is what plastic is, we can instead make out of hemp cellulose. And that hemp cellulose can, you know, we could call it, we could call it plantix for a new term. And that with that, we can make everything of different consistencies from, you know, the softer, more flexible plantix, like a plastic wrap for food, or harder things like car parts and, you know, uh, a pen. If you're holding a pen right now, it's made out of plastic, all of these things. So, This is one of the, I mean, we like to say it's a billion dollar idea because it's just so important that we stop using plastic and we become more conscious about our use of plastic. We have these massive floating garbage plastic islands in the ocean called the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. And, you know, people aren't talking about these things. People aren't really in their everyday lives looking at our plastic use and being really conscious of our part in the eco chain of planet earth. And it seemed that about the same time as the advent of plastic and the industrial revolution, 
people started taking themselves out of the chain of where we get our food and the, you know, the consumption of all of our products. We know that we buy it at the store, you know, a piece of meat comes wrapped in plastic wrap in the grocery store. And that's about all we want to know. We don't have any idea where it came from, where it goes when we're done using it. We're just simply consumers now. And these are things that really need to stop because our planet, our mother earth is our home. And we have a very short window of opportunity to correct this. This is just speaking of one issue because plastic is such a huge issue. And by the way, it also off gases toxins into the environment and into our food. So I stopped using all plastic in contact with food. And also you look at things like our homes, they're laced with plastic. PVC piping has replaced copper piping for plumbing. And these are like now toxic veins laced throughout the homes in which we live. Mm -hmm. It's really shocking. It's actually, it's such a no brainer, you know, PVC being the most toxic of all of the plastics. So they're mixing all these other forever chemicals in with the crude oil and coming up with all of these different crazy um, toxins and, and plastics for different uses. And so this is a huge problem. And PAX tells us in Do Unto Earth that we actually only have 8 to 12 years left before a fail-safe point is reached for the wellness of the planet. And so what that means is that it won't be the end of the world in 8 to 12 years, but it will be the point of no return. So if we continue on this trajectory of polluting our oceans, polluting our soil, soil's just full of pollution and toxins now. There's no real, there's no such or, organic. I mean, it's actually, we have to look at changing the labels because while the soil might be organic in that there hasn't been chemicals added to it to our knowledge for the last eight years, the air is not organic and the water is not organic. So we are polluting with impunity our air, our water, and our soil. Absolutely with no reverence for Mother Earth, but also for our own future on this planet. And so if we don't change this trajectory, we will come in that very short period of time to that point of no return. And that's why we were contacted by the spirit world at this time to bring forth this message. This is why PAX put Carol and I together at this time. You know, we think, why didn't it happen 20 years ago when she was channeling or 10 years ago? Well, you know what? We've gotten to a point where we're not making the difference. We're, we're not changing as quickly as we need to. And so a little help is being given to us from the spirit world. You know, and it, it's just fascinating to me that, you know, we have access to more information than we've ever had. But in so many ways, we're clueless and, and borderline ignorant than than we've ever been. It's just uh, it immensely sad. I've been aware of the Plastic Islands for, for years and have had through um, some of Dia's clients, you know, education around that and, and how you know, so many birds and, and so many of the living beings of, around our waterways or they die or, or, or they, they, they have deformities because of this. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just, well, it, it, it does really get you going. And, and, but the, and the bigger picture and what I love about the work of, of what you're doing is you're not just saying this is how it is, but you're using Pax wisdom to say, and here's what you can do, you know, and here's how you can choose differently. And here's a new choice that that you can make. I mean, um, 
it, it fascinates me that we are still hearing stories about elephants dying for the two pieces mm -hmm. of tusk on on their bodies when I mean it's you just you know where does it where does it stop really as far as the wisdom that is just simple things that we can do every day I really well, applaud you and I'm so grateful that you're out there you know temple well, one of the things that packs likes to teach us is that we should all be functioning in love and respect and that includes respect for the animals of the earth the plants the environment but if we treated everything with love and respect there wouldn't be people out there killing those animals those elephants or um for 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 trophy hunting it's a mindset that must change. We must function from our hearts and uh, live in love, uh, or we're not going to Im be improving so very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like when, uh, who was it, uh, Cecil the lion? Uh, that yep. was a trophy. Oh. And, oh, look at me and, and look at my photo as I've killed this, you know, well-known lion. And, and people went to this so you know, here we go, and we're going to do things, and then the airlines, and they're going to make changes, and then we just, it just seems that then we just go right back to, you know, how it was, as if it didn't happen, and, and I, you know, I'm not sitting on the overview of being in a real position to say specifically, but it just seems like we, we, we make a little progress, and then we kind of go numb again, but it, I think it's mm -hmm. denial. Uh, you're stepping into all my passion ground, so I'm all, <laughs> I'm all lit up oh, right now because it's just it. I've been weeping uh, for years uh, because of being a shamanic practitioner. I feel I feel the grief of our planet. I feel that I being a highly sensitive person. I I pick that up and it's just um, it's so needed. You know, as I've already said it three or four times, it's so needed. You know what you're standing for. I'm so when grateful. Cecil was poached well thank you for that and we're, we're all working on it you know there are light workers working on these things um just not quick enough when Cecil the lion was poached i was radio hosting in charleston south carolina i was on television at the time but i would be i i would go into radio as a fill-in so when somebody would go on vacation or somebody was sick they would you know penelope can you be here in the morning at you know five o'clock so when that happened, I interviewed a gentleman by the name of Eugene Cousins in South Africa, and he founded the Jane Goodall, Goodall Institute South Africa and happens to be a friend of mine. So I was able to talk to him, and he was there on the ground. He actually knew Cecil. This was, you know, a beloved animal, majestic animal in that community. And there are people that are still working on this. There are people that are sounding the alarm and blowing the horn and trying to be a megaphone, and yet most of the people, and this is like the consumers, so the, the vast population of planet Earth, the consumers, you know, most of us, are basically lazy about it. And there is a lot of, there's a lot of ignorance, but there's a lot of sticking heads in sand. So we can make a difference, but, you know, if you follow the money, what's in it for them for most people? So they might, you know, want to jump on board with something going on on social media, like isn't this terrible, but how different is it, Cecil's butchering, than what's going on to, you know, black rhino are basically almost hunted to extinction, again, just for their horn. And those are being exported to, to China and to Vietnam. But nobody's really talking about these things on a large scale. So 
the consumer drives those things. There's always somebody willing to, you know, poach an animal to make money. And even though these are the majestic animals of their home country, say South Africa in this case, somebody's willing to do it because they have a family to feed. You know, there's a whole story going on there. It's the consumer. We will change the world by changing the consciousness of the consumer. You know, why do they, you know, have to have that trinket, that tchotchke from the flea market to bring home a little piece of ivory while they're traveling on vacation or, you know, the, the horns of the black rhinoceros going to some of the Asian countries it's a symbol of um, being rich, actually. It's a symbol of power. So how do you change those cultures? How do you change those mindsets? And then to bring it back home, what about us, you know, using plastic? So the consumer will always drive the market. And so what can each one of us do within our own lives, you know, to change over from plastic? You know, latch on to something that you can do and start, start doing it in your own life. And other people will see that. And the change will be like dominoes. Well, that, you know, the good news is um, that we definitely have plenty to do ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, we do. Lots of projects. But each one of us has the power. And that's one of the lessons that Pax uh, wants to instill in us, that people should understand that each of us has the power to make a difference, whether it's in our family or our village or globally. Uh, we don't have to look to others. Uh, to make the rules or the decisions, uh, the change comes from within each of us. And when we understand that we have the power is when the ball will start rolling much more quickly in terms of uh, improvements in all aspects of our world and changing mindsets, etc. Again, it's for each of us to understand we can speak truth to power, we can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Give us another um, wisdom idea. We've talked about hemp um, instead of plastic. Um, Mm -hmm. What are some other, other thoughts that have come through that that you've been passionate about? Yeah, the book is full of them. One of the, you know, it's a kind of a bigger idea, but it's a big problem. So this is the water shortage crisis on planet Earth. So there are countries that are running out of water. You know, we hear about California running out of water, but there's places that are really running out of water. You know, actually South Africa is one of them, Kuwait's another one. There's places all over the world they actually don't have fresh water. And so there are people on the ground working on this. So they're looking at how to desalinate water and, you know, the reverse osmosis, which, by the way, takes more energy to power and so then becomes a futile effort. There's different projects underway, but we're still back at this. There's there's a question mark here. There's no really great way to desalinate water right now. So the world is full of oceans, all of this water yet none to drink for some people. So Pax tells us in Do Unto Earth to actually look to the soil of the great redwood trees in California and that in the soil is a magical ingredient that can desalinate salt water and purify toxins out of water. And he said that these great stands of wisdom that have been there for thousands of years have such wisdom that you just can't even imagine and we are to honor them we're not to touch them so in terms of 
their soil for this purpose. It's about taking a small amount. And he says to work with geologists and foresters and First Nations peoples and together to take small samples of the soil of redwoods, the soil among, around the roots of redwoods, and to then reverse engineer it, find out what is inside that can purify water, then to replicate it and share it with the world. So, you know, Do Unto Earth is full of big ideas. There's really big ideas in this book. There's also small things like bamboo and hemp. There's a lot of uses for bamboo and hemp that are things that, while I may not have heard them before, they might be an ancient wisdom, a First Nations wisdom. And so Pax is pointing to some of these things to say, you know, don't forget about this. You know, I asked specifically about asthma because we have a chapter on plant-based medicines and remedies. And Pax says that all diseases have a cure in nature. And he does clarify to say that, you know, cancer is something that is caused by our environmental choices. It's caused by pollution, as well as stress and things like that. So cancer is kind of a different category, and I, I think it would take too long to get into that. But I want to stick on this thing about all diseases have a cure in nature and a plant-based solution. So I said, well, really? So what would be the plant-based solution for asthma? So my father has asthma. He's a chronic asthmatic, so it was top of mind for me. Pax says to take the leaves of bamboo trees. So to take the leaves and to imbue them with smoke. So on further questioning with Pax, I said, well, so would you kind of like burn them like incense? And he says, no, 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 no. That would ruin, you know, the properties within which you're to do is to basically smolder them. So you can think of if you were in a sauna and you have these hot rocks. So the rocks become hot with the fire or however you're heating them. And then you take that and you put it on the bamboo leaves. And so it, it basically steams and smolders and you can breathe that in. So that was one of those, you know, more more basic remedies, but certainly something that I had never heard of before. And Pax also says there's really nothing new under the sun. So all of these wisdoms, a lot of them are ancient wisdoms. And we have become, you know, we think we're so smart and so advanced in our new sciences and medicines that we forget the very basic things and that nature provides in all ways. It's so true. I mean, I, you know, and that's why, you know, I, I often I'm laugh and say, you know, that's why with the, the medical, it, it's called practice. <laughs> you know, the things you're <laughs> referring to are things that are, are tried and true and they're available to us. And, uh, expanding beyond the, uh, you know, the success of the book, which is, you know, really moving along, um, are there other magazines and ways that you can get into the deeper uh, roots of society that people have this information? Are you, is there a plan? I mean, I know that you do things with, with TV. Are we going to get to a place where we can have more things that are related that reach more a mass amount of people? Uh, that's not just drama news and, you know, those those kind of things, but solution-oriented, oh, yeah. such as what you're bringing. Do, yeah. Are we on we, that? You is know, it coming? <laughs> mm -hmm. It is. It is. And, and thank God for that. We are entering the new age, and Pax confirms that we are entering a new age. We are on the precipice of a spiritual evolution, and we can see that. So if we're looking for, you know, proof of that, if we're looking for some hope as we light workers toil away in the work that we're, we're doing. You can just simply say, you know, what were these conversations that we're having right now, Temple, 
mainstream even 10 or 15 years ago, and they were not. And and I'm sure that you would agree with that, that a lot of the things that we're talking about spiritual spirituality and a lot of these things, channeling and um, the spirit world talking to us, I mean, it just was very foreign and um, was, you know, not accepted by a lot of people some years ago. And now these things are very mainstream. So the things that you talk about on your show, what Carol and I write about, these are now have become very much part of our vernacular as a mm-hmm. population and as a nation. And so we can tell just by that, that this is a signpost that, wow, if people are talking about this on social media and talking about this on all of these great podcasts and, and webcasts, this has now moved into the popular culture. And so that is one of those signs that we are on the precipice. We have already begun and we are entering into a new age. So there will be more Pax Wisdom, more books written by us. And there will also be more people like us, more people delivering the message, more light workers out there, more people that are willing to, you know, be the vessel of bringing this information to the world's population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I in 2007, I, I committed to, you know, being vegan, vegetarian, and... Um, and I'm involved in a movement, the Pyramid Spiritual Society Movement International, that's all about, you know, plant-based life and, and, and all those kind of things. But anyway, in the quick of it in 2007, I just put a few ideas together that all living things have a right to life, you know, um, and showed different pictures of animals and things like that. And everybody has the right to love who they're going to love. And I remember when I first presented it in a spiritual community, it's like, oh, you're going political. Um, you know, and that that always gives people like this safe, uh, like ridiculous out, like, you know, like, excuse me, you know, I'm talking about life here. I'm a spiritual leader and, and this is about life and life is a human conversation and it's a spirit based conversation. Um, and I remember even five years ago that, you know, at the Parliament of the World Religions and those are the places that that we need to make sure that you're at, you know. Because a lot of them within the Parliament of the World Religions were talking about, let me represent my religion. Um, but I really wanted to talk about all the waste of animals um, mm-hmm. every year that are, we're talking billions of animals mm-hmm. and fish that die every year uh, that were killed but never eaten. Um, I mean, it's mm-hmm. massive. And um, yeah. it just will almost make you nauseous. Are uh, bringing down to your knees or whatever when you when you hear these striking numbers of uh, through the Humane Society International. These aren't just things that in the collective I felt, even though intuitively I feel it. Uh, it's shocking uh, how mm-hmm. much is waste and and never used in those pieces of plastic. And you know that's a whole thing about that. Also, is that you you should call it you know a trout a trout mama or a trout daddy or, you know, a trout child, but people call it filet. So they're in void of that. This actually was something that was living. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, I do. Are, You're now, you now we're eat. talking the same language, my dear. <laughs> so yeah, I also are, be are. I'm not wanting to, yeah. you know, monopolize your, your, who you are and what you're talking about. But I am, you know, uh, if you're, 
you know, on a road trip, I'm with you. I, all this stuff, I'm, I'm with you 100% and have been all my life. And, um, it's just, uh, you know, daunting and haunting. And, uh, you know, it's like, and that's like my little girl, she'll say, you know, filet, I go, no, honey, that's a duck. You know, that's a, no, that's, that's a, that's a chicken. That's, and this is what a chicken looks like. And this is its mommy. And, you know, because it's, uh, we are void, uh, we're desensitized to that, that that is life, that like it just showed up in a, in a piece of plastic or a can and it, it yeah. didn't live, oh, yeah. you know. Um, Campbell Pax tells us that all animals have souls and should be treated accordingly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've always said in my lifetime, I believe that we will apologize to every breed and every one of them that they are really brighter than we are, and we've had it backwards all along. That's what we I'm have, about. and we've you know we've also been told that if we approach our food gathering the way that the First Nations people did and do. They give thanks for what they take from the ocean, from the forest, whether it's plant or animal, take only what they need to feed themselves, and again, give thanks to the spirit of that animal for its, you know, uh, giving of itself uh, for the purpose of feeding the family. We are so far away from that, uh, you know, as to perhaps never return, but it's a goal I think we should look at. Yeah, well, I'm glad also, you're looking you know, at it. I'm, I'm, I'm joyfully and happy and, and willing to, to look at it with you. I really want to have you on the show for like a series or, or you know, something that, that we can do. I, I feel blessed by your presence today. It, it reassures me to keep on keeping on because it's been part of my life's work, um, you know, as long as I can remember. And I'm just grateful. And I would encourage all of you to go to paxwisdom.com, get the book, Do Unto Earth. It's not too late. It'd be great to read these ideas to your children, to your family, have them over dinner. Um, and let, let's hope this is a new beginning. God bless all of you on this amazing journey we call Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.